to rescue one who wants above all to serve you. Elizabeth could not sleep. She alternately paced and sat on the couch in the stillness. Since childhood, prayer had been as natural to Elizabeth as breathing. And during that time, God had required much of her, allowing her to be tested until she was forced to rely solely upon him. Her underpinnings had been ripped away with such regularity that she had often been tempted to settle into a life that didn't shake its fist in the enemy's face. Elizabeth didn't want to change her past, but as she shivered in the wee hours of a bitter morning, she struggled with God yet again, as she had so often before, over the safety of her son. She had accepted so much, suffered so much, given so much, that surely God would grant her deepest, most heartfelt wish now, would he not? Hadn't everything in her life and Bruce's pointed to her son being a living sacrifice? She had long wondered whether there was any benefit this side of heaven for a lifetime commitment to obedience. Now, after years of service, of countless hours in the word and in prayer, Elizabeth found herself at yet another crossroad. She had thought she understood grace, had told herself she understood sovereignty. But unless God spared her son, seemingly unhurt yet trapped in a twisted car on M60 in the middle of a winter's night, she feared there was something about God she still didn't understand and didn't like. Part One, Chapter One. Apart from a healthy birth, Elizabeth's father had told her, no good news comes after dark. He should have known, tall and portly, Dr. James Leroy was Three Rivers' most popular general practitioner. Her own birth on the first day of the new century had come after dark. Her father had told her the story so many times it was as if she remembered being there. Your mother went into labor so quickly that I had to deliver you myself. I hadn't planned to. I didn't trust my instincts over my emotions. Your mother was- Vera, Elizabeth blurted. Yes. She was young and frail and worked hard to produce you, a healthy child. But her own vital signs. She was sick. Yes. And what did you do, Daddy? Hmm, I'm not sure I recall. Yes, you do. The bundling part. Oh, yes. I bundled you in a blanket and allowed you to exercise your lungs in the parlor while I tried to save your mother. Your wife. He nodded. I begged her not to leave me, not to leave us. All she wanted was to talk about your middle name and her own epitaph. I pleaded with her to save her strength. And what did she want you to call me, Daddy? We had settled on Elizabeth after her own mother, he said. It had seemed too soon to worry about a middle name. But she thought of one. Yes, sweetheart. Call her Elizabeth Grace, she said.
after the grace that is greater than all our sin. And on her tombstone, I know, Daddy. It says, my hope is in the cross. If I hear that story one more time, I'm going to vomit, first grade classmate Frances Crawford hissed, shaking her ringlets. All you talk about is your dead mother. Breath rushed from Elizabeth and her eyes stung. Little girls oughtn't say vomit, she managed. Daddy says the proper word is regurgitate, but at least say throw up. Daddy says regurgitate, Francis mocked. Regurgitate, Elizabeth corrected, but Francis skipped away. Elizabeth pursued her. You're lucky you've got a mother. Francis stopped to face her. Just quit bragging.